Okay. Yeah. You're on. All right. Well, welcome everybody. It's nice to see uh, all of you. I was going to say some of you, but I'll stick with all of you. Um, I just really just want to reiterate the premise that we put out uh, based on what's stated in a vision for us, which is this power, knowing but a little, this power is going to constantly reveal to us stuff. And what it revealed with me was that self was sort of a foreign agent or a, or a parasitical movement. Somehow to picture, even if it is an aspect of what I am, to picture it as something else, because the root of the problem to me was an act of being identified as self. Yeah, it's just that simple. And what do I mean by that? I mean, there's a mental activity we, we sort of term, in a, we term uh, selfing, which is really the act of being identified as self. Now, the act of being identified as self isn't a noun verb or a verb noun, it's just a verbing. So there's the act of being identified as self. As self doesn't mean self, it's as self, yeah? It's an activity that masquerades or is, when you listen to the activity, it culminates in this idea of feeling like the doer, the thinker, the hearer, the taster, the sense of being a long lasting, independent, separate thing. And basically from that point on, everything, how you understand everything is based on that thing. So self-centeredness is a system that looks at everything as how it pertains to it. And the it in its view is a body. Yeah. So it's going to be very difficult for a body to become a spiritual condition. Tell you the truth, because it's a body condition. <laughs> they're, they're sort of on the opposite sides of the field, so to speak. So the point of the, you know, the, the daily reprieve is contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. I don't see there's a higher form of maintenance than being a spiritual condition. Just don't see it. So I actually believe inherently we're a spiritual condition. So to me, that's uh, what comes first. The expression and the experience is physical and mental and emotional, but the basis of us is spirit, I would say. I do not believe the spirit has a malady. I don't think spirits have maladies. I think it's another aspect of a mutated head, a mental malady. Uh, I don't think a spiritual condition needs to be maintained. It just needs to be recognized, really. Once you recognize it, it's sort of in its own maintenance, my feeling. And uh, then the way of life of recovery, uh, will give a, a new design for living for the action figure, basically, hopefully based on certain principles, which is to me, the, the biggest one is we have found out that something can do for us what we can't do for ourselves. And so the basis of our, the rest of our recovery is based on that. So it breaks the reliance on that system of self, which in the book, it describes why are we in so much fear today? And it says, isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? So truly, the, the father of fear is really self-reliance. And so self-reliance to me, the highest form of self-reliance would be being identified as that which you rely on. I can't see it going any farther, really. <laughs> I just don't. So I have a vast amount of experience of losing myself completely to cocaine, yet I never thought for one second I was cocaine. Never, never broke, the, never crossed that line. And, uh, and yet I humbly believe when it comes to the addiction of self, we start from that. We take ourselves to be the drug, the mental drug of self, yeah? And so now we try to get out of that drug of self as self, 
because we're identified as it. We don't realize uh, that which we want to get out of, we're in the act of being identified as. Yeah, and hopefully by the statement, self can't get out of self, it'll trigger something in us that you'll finally see it. You'll see the impossibility of the drug getting out of the drug. Yeah, so uh, after a while you lose interest in getting out of self because you recognize you're not in self, which is completely different uh, exit and entrance type thing. Yeah, <laughs> you, don't, you don't need to look for an exit because you haven't entered. I think it's the only way that really works because if you believe you left something, you're gonna probably go back to it. Yeah, it's just the way it goes. So uh, it's the whole point pivots on page 64, a simple sentence bringing us to the inventory process, which is being convinced self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. That's the statement. So being convinced of that, of what? Self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. And it's also, you could put it into a present tense case, self, selfing manifesting in various ways is what is defeating us, yes? So you wanna look at it from a past tense or a present tense, it's basically an activity that defeats us through its manifestations. How does it do that? Well. We, are, we respond or react to its manifestations and we call them ours, yeah? So we're in the act of being identified as that which is manifesting through us because we're calling self's manifestations our manifestations. I don't know what easier diagnosis there is, really. If you were suffering from identification as Patrick and one of the first recognitions of that all this shit that Patrick, about Patrick that was coming through you, you would stop calling it yours. You would have a recognition, hey, these aren't my manifestations, these are Patrick's manifestations. You've just woken up to the problem which Paul, okay, you know, let's call it Paul, has been and is identified as Stanley or Matthew or whatever name I'm using, yes? That's the beginning of the defeat ending, yeah? Because <laughs> the manifestations defeat us, but that's not how they defeat us. They defeat us by our claiming to be the one who has those manifestations, yeah? So a resentment doesn't defeat you, your resentment does, yeah? Fear doesn't defeat you, your fear does, yeah? A problem doesn't stump you, my problem does. So it's just this identification. Uh, it became obvious at one point, and it's, I haven't left that point in whatever, 27 years or something. <laughs> There's no point to leave it, because if you don't see it, you're looking from it, seriously. Yeah. And then what's going to happen is you're going to get caught in that very cryptic statement, self can't get out of self. So you're going to try to get out of the drug as the drug, which is part of the drug effect. Part of the drug of self's effect is wanting to get out of self. Yeah. With absolutely very clear recognition, it can never happen. So it just keeps on keeping on. Yeah. Self keeps on trying to get out of self. It doesn't use AA or AA with Buddhism or Kabbalah thrown in there or some tantric yoga or whatever. It's going to constantly just try to add like, it's almost like trying to open a combination lock. You're just jumbling the numbers with the hopes one of them's going to work and the lock's going to click open. <laughs> you don't realize you're the lock. It does. <laughs> The lock ain't opening up the lock. <laughs> that's that simple. <laughs> so that's the only thing. I didn't hear this when I was at meetings, you know, when I was younger. I didn't hear it. That's what motivated us to share, tell you the truth. If I would hear it, and I could probably hear it, someone saying it better who was a nicer person or whatever, uh, I'd listen to them maybe. Hopefully not for long, because I hope I get it, but uh, 
Yeah, but I haven't heard anyone else. So here we are putting it out there. Yeah, and uh, we're not here to change anything. We're not thinking, oh, I can super put supersonic power on the traditions. No, the, pro the program is sound. I just don't think the, the, the diagnosis is completely clear of what the problem is, yes? And if it isn't clear, I think it's gonna be a real uh, conundrum as you go along, yeah? Just, I think a lot of people, you know, the big, the big it's not in the big book, self can't get out of self. It, it's from our community because a lot of people have done just that. They've tried to get out of self as self and they've recognized something to the point where they shared it and it's become a common statement in our community. Why? Why? Because it's part and parcel of the problem. One aspect of self is called Paul, and from Paul's point of view, it makes a lot of sense to get out of self, yeah? But if you look at it from a larger view, Paul, aka self, cannot get out of self. Yet, the stubbornness of the identification has Paul trying another methodology of doing exactly that. Paul, aka self, trying to get out of self. Yeah, the drugs, everything was it. Everything had the same motivating engine, was self trying to get out of self. <laughs> yeah. After you blame yourself for years and everything else, you finally come to the conclusion <clears throat> there's something that's been missing, and when it drops in, it'll, it'll be, you'll be super clear about it. Of that, yeah, there was something that was missing. There's an addiction to a drug of a mental variety that we are so far down it that we're living as if we're the drug. We're living as if we're self when it's a drug of the mental state. Yeah? Wow. Why do you think all the obsessions with self occur? Why? They don't seem to be much fun for a lot of us. They, they're necessary to reinforce the identification as self, yes? Something that isn't so has to be obsessed over to appear to be so, yeah? Our true nature doesn't need any of that because it's so, yeah? The false nature isn't, so it needs a lot, a lot of reinforcement, constant, constant pointing to keep referring back to itself because there isn't one, yeah? Obviously, they, you know, some people's view of the spirit is it speaks in silence because it doesn't need to say so much, yeah? But the head on and 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 on. It just never ends, yeah? It can, and you can't bring it to the light. It doesn't see. Self will never see the light. It won't. It's, it just won't get it. <laughs> <laughs> so this, this is what we share here. Hopefully we try to stay pretty consistent on it. And because uh, I believe repetition can be helpful because the head is definitely using repetition to reinforce its idea. So we're gonna use the same uh, reinforcement with a new idea, yeah? Yeah. And I hope, you know, people come back here because I think it helps them or allows them to travel lighter. And really, what more do you want than that? Yeah. There's the proof in the pudding, really. Yeah. Yeah. Resentments do not have a 65-year-old life expectancy. They have to be given life by us through the mind. Yeah. Resentments do not last four generations. My resentment may, a resentment doesn't, yeah? Fear is really a valid emotion. What most of us are suffering is mental anxiety, yeah? Which mimics the effects of physical, emotional fear, but it doesn't have any apparent threat. It's all made up, yeah? <laughs> it's actually a miracle working, really. 
To, to make shit out of nothing is a miracle, really. And most of the head, that's what it does all day. It places us in what's not happening and it brings us to its idea of surrender, which is fuck it. And if you end up at fuck it in its little world, it's going to suggest what it thinks you should do. And you may be apt to do it, which is get loaded or, you know, fuck this person or, you know, whatever, some insane idea. And once the genie's out of the bottle, it's got more than three wishes for you, for sure. It's got a, a whole plan for you. <laughs> You're going to wish it would stop giving you wishes quickly. <laughs> so, yeah, we've just been through uh, whatever. Life has a lot in store for us. I've recognized that it's allowed me to travel lighter through whatever life has in store for me as the action figure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, so that's it. We're not, we're not, we're not uh, revealing the hidden 13th step. A lot of people already ran into that, but let's say the <laughs> hidden 14th step. Yeah, we're not, uh, we're not revealing that. We're just basically attempting to put a clear diagnosis of the exact nature of the wrong so that uh, you can get the most that, that's available in this program of recovery, yeah? Yeah, obviously, if the problem is practicing the solution, you're going to get a limited solution. <laughs> it's just, it's just not going to go as far as it could. <laughs> so, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having us. It's a pleasure. Uh, I hope we'll be back regularly now after this. Yeah. Excellent, Paul. Excellent. Now, does anybody have any comments, any questions? Raise that virtual hand and uh, we'll open it up and uh, have you join in conversation with Paul. Oh, Tom from Waldron, Washington. Hi, Paul. Tom. Hey, Paul. How are Tom? Hi, Tom, alcoholic. Uh, since I last talked to you, I found some online AA meetings, and uh, I found a really cool meeting with a lot of the old timers from uh, that new Chuck C and Clancy and whatnot. Not the Pacific group, it's a smaller group that I can interact with. And my question is how do you not become someone that had a spiritual experience? I mean, I got zapped last time I talked to you and uh, three or four days, uh, just clear presence, no thinking, uh, no problems. Until my wife said, wipe your feet when you come in the yurt. And then I came back and I tried to tell her this and I heard your voice, like don't become somebody that had the experience. And so I'm going to meetings and there's nothing to talk about except that that the experience was that I never left. Um, it, it's like when I admitted I was powerless over alcohol, my life's unmanageable. That's, uh, I, when I did that and kind of moved forward through the steps, I kind of found out what I was. Um, and then I had a spiritual experience a long time ago and then tried to make that into something for a long time. And then I was in a group where we try to make it into something by doing the steps once a year and swapping fifth steps and everybody was and one day i walked out of the group because i saw nothing was changing we were all fucking ourselves basically and i said i'm going to go have a spiritual experience uh, and i went for one and and uh i finally got one and it took me right back where i started so my question now is how do you just not talk about it or how do you what do you do i mean after you know <laughs> of course, I'm going to pick it up and try to share it, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's my question. Well, when you try to share it and stuff, there'll always be that lingering question, who is it that's trying to share it? And then you just, uh, 
It's like walking on the, it's like the first time I went to an AA dance, which was the last time I went to an AA dance. Uh, on the empty dance floor, the women were on one side and I had no idea what was going to happen. So this is sort of how every day is. Really. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to say to anybody. I don't know what I'm going to say when I come here at, you know, 1030 or in, actually in Italy at 730. Yeah. And I've come to rely on that. Yeah. And I have an understanding that the head is going to arise and look at whatever's going on from the view that it's going on for it or it's doing it. Yeah. I'm not surprised anymore. And I, for me to live comfortably, or at least just to live awake, that doesn't have to go anywhere. It just does. It's just uh, needs to be right sized, which I can't do. So instead of being the whole one box in the zoom, it's one of the 12 boxes or 16 boxes. Yes. It's got its little story going on. And yet there's a vast aspect of uh, space around it that gives it a temperance or a chilled outness and keeps it right sized yeah so yeah there's a conundrum here yes once you get to the party that you heard was great it sucks it's just the way it goes yeah so you gotta sort of just i don't i don't usually describe my uh if you want to call them spiritual experiences i describe let's say when i'm feeling bad or something physically that I can describe. I don't describe most stuff that goes on during the day. I don't like the idea of name and form of much stuff, really. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't like putting something under glass as if you have it, like a butterfly or something. I'd much rather see a butterfly for a second and without capturing it. <laughs> That's a memory. <clears throat> Seriously. So basically there's nothing home, nothing here really. I don't have like spiritual experiences, you know, <laughs> like big, big game heads above my spiritual mantle that I look at every day. <laughs> I don't see, I'm just, you know, not interested in it. So, yeah. I think, uh, I think tradition, what is it, two or five describes it well. There's a loving power that's expressing itself through our group conscience, you know? Uh, this isn't, this moment isn't exempt from that, yeah. This moment is an opening for that loving power to express itself through our group conscience. Most people here have felt it or are feeling it right now. There you go. Yeah, what more do you need, really? <laughs> I, the good news is coming. I rather realize it's here now. You know, I don't like thy will be done. I like thy will is done. Yeah, it's much clearer to me. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not hoping for thy will to be done. I'm, I'm observing thy will is done. It's much, it's much cleaner for me. So, yeah. Yeah. You got, whatever you have in your pocket, you're going to have to take it out at the end. You might as well live, you might as well live with nothing in the pocket, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then when you put your hand in there, what's meant to be useful at that moment will probably appear. Yeah. Not, not an old fucking spiritual experience I had in 1987. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've come to this meeting many times now. It's, and I've come to this meeting like I've come to every other talk on other topics. And every meeting, really, I'm, I never show up, and it works out pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I think you really get something by missing a lot of stuff. I do. 
happy to see you, Tom. And uh, yeah, all that stuff that's happened with you will be put to great use. You can help people maybe save them time. Yeah. 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 And there's nothing wrong. I mean, a lot of times what we think we're doing things for, we don't observe that the action figure is getting what it needs, like a sense of belonging and purpose and camaraderie. And this is essential for it to be healthy here. Yeah. We may have some mystical idea we're going to go for the absolute, but really a lot of stuff that happens is to, is to feed what's necessary for the action figure to have. And, you know, many of us don't know what, how to, how to take care of it, literally, we disassociate from it. Yeah. So, uh, we mistake just feeling like I belong to something as, you know, I remember when I was first sober, I would, sometimes I'd go into these strange feelings and my head was telling me I was having a, a like a, a spiritual experience. I was having an, an altered state was happening. And then I realized when I got home and I had, I had a bite of a bologna sandwich, it changed everything. I was just hungry. <laughs> <laughs> My blood sugar had changed and I needed to eat something. I know, I, I'm thinking I'm going into the fourth dimension. I, mm -hmm. I needed to go into a deli and get a bologna sandwich. <laughs> so this head has no idea what's happening, really. I don't feel it. It just throws shit out and hopes someone else agrees with it. <laughs> the guy speaks so slowly, he must be somewhere. <laughs> he looks like he's spiritual, whatever that means. <laughs> just happy to be here. I mean, it made a, you know, when I looked around at my community, there's a lot of suffering, you know, a lot of people. Uh, how long does it take to outgrow something? You know, like it says in our book, you're going to outgrow. There's a point where the outgrowing stops and you've grown into something else. They can't just keep outgrowing. That's not the condition, is it? It's an outgrowing to be you know, placed in a position of neutrality. That's not, not going into that. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, this idea of how long does it take to outgrow? <laughs> it can't be 35 years. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> what is it? When do we start talking about what we grow into? Yeah. Yeah. What I feel we grow into is usefulness. Yeah. I think we, I think, uh, we become of service instead of doing service though that will happen, but there'll be a spirit that wasn't there when you were first doing service. Yeah. This, well, you will have outgrown some of the self-centeredness and you have grown into a sense of service. Yeah. And so now you're of service which is different than doing service, really, yeah? Mm -hmm. That's what I feel we go into, is these conditions. So, like gratitude, you do the gratitude lists, and then you stop doing them because you're in gratitude. You wrote into gratitude. You don't have to keep writing it down all day, yeah? Yeah, there is a growing into something, and that's the new condition. And then some people may not think they're growing and they got to keep trying to do more and more, but growing isn't necessarily experiential. Growing is uh, something else. Yeah. And sometimes when you've grown into something, there's not the excitement of growing out of something. Yeah. You're in something and it gets, well, what the hell? You, there's no bells and whistles and you can see your head gets bored. Yeah. Yeah, it likes the growing out, and you know, if I, yeah. But then there's such a there's such a groove there that's beautiful, that goes a lot of times un 
appreciated because it doesn't have a like a jagged opposite. It's not familiar anymore. You know, you've you're not moved by the flames of hell anymore. You're as the guy said, you're being moved by the uh, by the rays of heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think this is truly an experience based thing. I think it's a state or a being based thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When the head is being something, it always wants to be something else. So it doesn't really appreciate uh, the groove, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. I do now, though. I definitely do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Groove away. All right, thanks, Phil. Thanks. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Paul. And next we have Rob S. from Louisville, Kentucky. Kentucky, oh, baby. Rob is there still you are, Rob. Yeah, man, I'm making as much as I can. <laughs> uh, two stories. One, I started reading or wearing reading glasses and I went from 1 point and 2.5 and 3.5 and it was a pain in the butt always buying glasses and, uh, and then I got some normal glasses and they're okay you know they're glasses whatever and um, then I went and got contacts and I was in I had a difficult situation in my life so i couldn't even put them in i was so stressed out i just put them to the side i'll do it later well i broke my last pair so i had to put them in because i couldn't see anything and uh i put these contacts in and oh my god dude I, it's been like eight to nine years wearing stupid reader glasses and i i felt I, i've never been so excited in my life i could see everything I'm looking at concrete now. I'm looking at a pool and I'm looking at the carpet. And I felt like I was like eight years old. You know, I was ecstatic. I called my best friend. I'm like, oh my God, dude, I can see everything. You know, even with the glasses, everything was like, you know, you take them off, it's blurry. You wake up in the morning, everything's blurry. And now I see freaking everything. And and I don't have to, I don't have to take them out. I keep them in for 30 days. And I wake up and I can see, and it's just freaking amazing dude and um the scary thing about it was that i realized that how much how much other physical maybe i used to say physical things that i'm tolerating that i haven't taken care of that i'm missing out on um and the pain and the agony the glasses and the frustration and it became normal you know the blur was normal it was okay and i get these contacts and i'm like oh my god dude I've been putting up with this shit for so fucking long, dude. And it's, I, I'm still amazed. I, and I still reach for my glasses. It's just amazing. But uh, I'm so happy. Uh, every It's only been like three days since I've had them in. It's just, oh, my God, dude. It's so clear. And then the reason is unreal, dude. I swear, like, I can see you now. On my, I'm on my phone. And before, I'd be squinting. Oh, my God. So my question, the other story is, what I went through was really terrible, and uh, finally I got a piece of paper and I wrote down the name, and I wrote ten things that that I was pissed off about. And dude, there's like a thousand more. And I'm like, I'm stopping. My sponsor's like, just stop. Ten's enough. We'll write write the ten out of resentment. You don't have to write the, you know, probably a hundred. I could write down if I wanted to that I was angry about. And then, today I'm going to do the next column. And I I was just when. Wanted to hear your input on resentments, and uh, I know you look at it a totally different way. Some whatever, you know, and yeah, there you go. Well, first I want to thank you for that uh, example. That was great because uh, the head will always be grabbing it for the pair of glasses. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to the point of denying your new your new view. Uh, so I can just keep uh, controlling the old one. Yes. So that's awesome. And then resentment is just that 
uh, you know, the feeling that something is, you're going to lose something you have and not get what you want or whatever it all means is it, uh, it triggers a feeling that's, you know, encapsulated in your uh, programming, so to speak. Yes. So everything, a resentment is just a re-seeing or a re-feeling of something that maybe puts you into a lot of fear or whatever when you were young or whatever. And then the head sees that same effect by different causes. So let's say it's the girl or whatever. And therefore the resentment uh, is it the biggest killer of us. Yeah, as it says in the big book. Uh, so these things aren't meant to, we're not to really live with them. We're not meant to cohabitate with resentment. We're meant to really see it and have it removed. Yes. That's the, the way the big book sees it. And so you just write it down and then, uh, re, you know, re means to do again and centarius, whatever that is, means to feel. So it's re feel. And that's what it is. It's triggering a re-feeling of something that somewhere in you, there's, it was taken to be a threat or a great injustice or just not fair or whatever. And then we find that we see the same thing in our contemporary situations. Yeah, and it triggers this resentment. And there's an agenda underneath it also. The resentment, like there's a very famous story in one of the editions uh, of the book called Freedom from Bondage by a lady, a real down and outer. And she uh, had a story that she would do anything to let go of this resentment she had about her mother. And so she gets sober and then she sees that in a different light. She sees that the head has a great investment in this resentment. It's, it's, been, it's been using it as an excuse for all her failed relationships and shit like that. It, to the head, it's the golden calf. It doesn't want to get rid of this resentment. It's her whole rationale of why her life is the way it is, is based on her mother. <laughs> so she realized she's got to do something to get out of this or it was going to get her to drink. And for her to drink again was to die. So she was at that dentist or something and she saw a magazine and it had a, a, a tag on the front of, from a clergyman about how to get rid of a resentment that, uh, you know, that you don't want to get rid of, so to speak. Yeah. And so they gave a simple suggestion of praying for that person to have everything you want and more, even if you don't mean it. And the prayer used to do that for as long as you need to do it. They suggested a few weeks so that the feeling that comes up when that person's thought about changes. Yeah. And so uh, I remember I was, uh, I had in my first relationship, my first fairy princess, she had three months, I had six months. So it was a, a marriage made in a recovery, early recovery. We both were incapable of having a viable relationship with another person, but we tried our best. She would sleep a lot. <laughs> that probably worked. <laughs> but she was snapping constantly. And uh, so what happened is it, we broke up, but uh, which wasn't so bad. But what was bad was I was at a day party in a very fancy area called Sausalito in San Francisco area. And I was there and drinking Calistoga and, you know, just whatever. And then she walked in with her new boyfriend and they looked like, uh, you know, the, you know, the prom queen and the guy. And it seemed like rose petals were dropping from the ceiling and a spotlight of amber you were on them. And it was like, wow, I flipped out. I had to leave the party. It flipped me out so much. I resented her. So I remember this part of that book, you know, Freedom from Bondage, and I did it. I used it on her and her husband, her soon to be husband, Tom, and it changed the feeling I had of them after a couple of weeks. Yeah. So I put almost everything, all the suggestions in the book, I put to a test in my own life, and they've worked. Yeah.
Yeah, so it says in the book too about resentment, about, you know, bringing, turning it over to God and whatever. Yeah, you just have to, uh, because you're dealing with it is what prolongs its life, really, yes? Yeah, this isn't about self-helping, this program. It's about reliance on something greater than self. So, yeah, that's the spirit I think you need to have. So I saw a huge difference between a resentment and my resentment. And I've been able to travel a lot lighter through resentments when they're not called mine, yeah? And I don't think this was a unique experience. I think it's a principled one. So I share it with other members, see how it works for them, yeah? I think the my is, uh, is an incredible movement that we're not really aware of yet we get the effect of greatly, yeah? And uh, so, yeah, so just do the inventory, bring the results to your sponsor and to the higher power and see where it takes you, yeah? Yeah. All right, thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything gets to be put to use, yeah? In the eyes of the ho the higher power, everything has value. That's the as far as I can tell, because I've given up shit that, from my point of view, I have, had absolutely no value, except negative, and yet it's been put to great use in my experience with recovery. So, yeah, something sees just like something sees through the contacts, other than the reading glasses. Yeah, something does. It sees much clearer without any thought or effort. Yet, and it's willing to reveal or to share its view through us, especially if we're ready to be available to others, yeah? So I'm a real believer that you have it by giving it away. I don't believe you have to have it to give it away. I believe you have it by giving it away, yeah? Or it has you, really, so, yep. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Mr. Kentucky. <laughs> Good to see you, bro. Yes, you see, uh, the last time I saw you, you were sort of whatever. Yeah, it was whatever for sure. <laughs> hey, I'm coming to California. I'm coming to California to see Kurt, and you didn't know it, I'm going to come see you too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just give me a warning. I will. About a month and a half. I'll see you. All right. Peace. <laughs> Are you ready for Andrew, Paul? Yeah, sure. Uh, hi, Paul. Uh, hey. Hi, everyone. Hi. Um, thanks, Paul, for doing this. I uh, appreciate it. Um, there's a couple of questions I've got, really. Uh, <clears throat> You know, you know how you have two sorts of types of meeting. You have the 12 steps and then you have a non-dual one. Um, and I've, I came across you when I was about, I, I came across you when I was about uh, seven months sober. And um, it was, I came across you from another guy that I, that, I was, that I was friendly with. And then I started watching your videos about six years ago. And... Um, Sorry about the noise. That's my little baby, um, and and uh, I um, I suppose I was like, I didn't understand the way you spoke then. You yeah. know, because it was so fresh in recovery that this now you talk about this bondage to self. I I just really didn't get any of your conversations, but now they start to flow through quite nicely, and and. You know, you know, you talk about like maybe I don't know if you met you. I presume you don't go to a meetings anymore, and you just do this sort of twelve step work. And, and no, I'm no, struggling. I still go to meetings occasionally. Oh, you do, right? Yeah, because I, I, I guess I, I guess I'm struggling with meetings sometimes because I want to talk about what we're not. Yeah, and and well, I to, to the place. Talk, I know, but that's all. That's all sits with me now. 
is talking about what we are as to what we're not. And 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 when I talk that at meetings, I, I just feel a sense of like, what's he talking about? Because for me, that's maybe it's like what the previous guy was talking about, a resentment. Maybe I've got a bit of a resentment towards this is I'm try, I want to drum into people who they are and what they're not. But I don't know how to articulate it in meetings. Sometimes I just go full bang on in your dual stuff. Um, yeah. and it's like, for example, you know, you talk about you have to give this stuff away to keep it. And whenever I'm in company with people, I can talk to random strangers. I was given blood today because I give blood every three months, you know, and I was just talking to the young girl and I, and I was just telling about who she was and about this open expanse of awareness that's always present, that's completely still and and telling her that she's not her body and her mind and her thoughts and all that and stuff and 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 how we how we search for this happiness and 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 it's always in the future or it could have been in the past and I was telling her about how there's no future and no past and she says what do you mean and I had to explain all this to her but by giving just giving that away you know it, it does make you feel better because I've I want other people to know what they are rather than what they're not. But yeah. even though even though I can talk like that, I still get that bondage to self sometimes. You know, I still get wrapped in that, yes, I am this, I'm that, I'm not good enough, or or uh, I should be further along the path. And that's sometimes what I struggle with. Um, but I guess it's like, I guess, I guess I just have to not obviously believe that. And the more I don't believe that I am, what this parasite, what you call it, or this mental activity comes through to me, tell them, tell me this, that, and the other. I, I, I have to, I really have to emphasize that I come back to this present awareness, and that's what I, I stay as, and that's who I am. Um, but yeah, I, I just want to say that about yeah. So I'm struggling with meetings to go to physical meetings because of what I want to talk about. Um, yeah, but see, this is a this is not the end of it. It's a phase, and things mm -hmm. will change. Yes, you're not at the end of the you're not at the end of the sentence. Yeah, it's just you're in the process of it. Well, you'll get a sense of you know what you are will always speak louder than what you say. So maybe you don't have to say that much. Yes. Mm. Yeah. yeah, just be just be present. Yeah. Well, yeah, because remember, uh, it's a we, and that energy actually uh, can be felt. It may not be able to be deciphered, but it's felt. And to mm -hmm. me, that's the powerful message. So, mm -hmm. a lot of times I just sit still, and yeah, I remember uh, it's like another group I was at. Yeah, this a lady who knew me from the past wanted me to come to her. Uh, uh, she was leading these groups of people in AA doing yoga and stuff. Yes. Mm -hmm. And very innocently, she thought it would be great for me to share at, at her meeting. So I went there to listen to the people first. And, uh, you know, some of these people were so hard on themselves. They were starting to feel a little self-esteem by doing yoga and shit. Yes. They felt a little better. And I just told her, I don't want to share at that meeting. You know, it's, it's, you know, this person needs a parade. I don't want to rain on that parade. Yes. You need, it's important to have a parade right now. So, yeah. So you, what happens is you get a, you sense what's going on and sometimes, uh, you know, it, it moves you not to say anything. Yeah. Yeah. And just let the spirit of the meeting do thing. Yeah. 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 Oh, mate. Thanks. We have it set up here as a platform so that people can come and, uh, this will be sort of the primary point. Yeah. Where a other AA meetings, have another role to play. The primary point is helping the new, you know, the 
the suffering alcoholic. And sometimes helping a suffering alcoholic isn't uh, by giving them an abstract thesis on self. Yeah, so, so, yeah, so, yeah. So, but everyone I know, a lot of people go through this. It's not the end of it. You'll find a way, you'll find right people. You can come to this meeting at all time. Yeah, and uh, yeah, again, it's not about us, literally. Yeah, it's not about you, Andrew. It's not about me. It's about the we of the program. That's the contract we sign when we go into a meeting. Yeah. So a lot of times I feel I may feel like I have something to say and I don't say anything. <laughs> it's okay not to say something when you feel like you have something to say. <laughs> you just let the thing go along. It's working beautifully. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I used to go to certain meetings and I'd have people that sort of would, they would always speak after I spoke to rebut what I said, to, trying to protect the, uh, the flock. <laughs> it was sort of funny. I'd walk in, I'd see the person, I'd just, Da 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 da. Say something. The guy was right there. Yeah, I could see his his intention was, uh, you know, trying to be protective of something. I don't know. Whatever, you know. So, yeah, that thing will grow, bro. You'll find a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you. Thank you very much. And Paul, we have another per our uh, Karen has her hand up. And uh, let me ask Karen to unmute. Hi, I'm Karen. I'm an alcoholic. Oh, Karen. Hi. Yeah, it's a tricky name. I just usually say car in the garage and that helps oh, people. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, usually when I speak, I plan and I want to sound good. And I like what you just said, like, I don't have anything to say. Maybe I need to talk. Um, you know, I'm coming up on five years without a drink. And I've been warned about this period, you know, uh, it's difficult. Uh, I've had like a really deep spiritual experience with the work, truly seeing, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the helicopter. <clears throat> I uh, just really feeling the presence of God, whatever God is and just being okay and being willing to live in a tent for the rest of my life, knowing, you know, there's love for us all and we all belong here and there's no mistakes and I've had that. And I didn't get to keep it um and i realized that's part of this journey but you know i was listening to, i usually work during this time so i listen to your podcasts but i use them like a fucking drug you know like i put them on and then i, I rewind whenever you say something that pertains to whatever i'm going through or i try to hear it differently and like and then i'll put on some ramdas and then i'll like put on some singing bowls and and i'm just trying so hard to escape this like deep deep despair and I was at home right now in, in the meeting and then I was just like, fuck, I need to, I need to find a Buddhist temple. And, then I Googled, <laughs> and I Googled it and there's one right down the street from my house. So I like walked over here and there's like a giant chain bolted around the gate. <laughs> and there are like all these alcoholic men right around the corner drinking beer on the street. And it's just like poetic, you know, and, um, I'm making it about me. It's just like, it's either this or that. And there's a fucking bolt on the chain, you know, on the gate. So like, I might as well just drink. I don't even want to drink. I, I've, the obsession has been lifted, but um, I haven't been participating in my recovery. And I think I've been using non-duality as an excuse because, you know, it's self going to meetings, it's self helping sponsees, you know, I'm playing a role, I'm assigning roles and, and, and my brain is just having a field day with whatever it can get. Yes. And, uh, you know, I know I can't ask you what to do. I know nobody can tell me what to do. It's stop this, like, but 
you know, my life, what's so insane, and I know we're all, the meeting's almost done, but I'm at this point in my life where I have everything I want. Everyone has come back. I have love, I have money, I have everything. I, people trust me, I'm, I speak at meetings and I feel so dead. You know, my mother trusts me, you know, like I, it doesn't work. Um, all the things in the world that are given to me, they don't work. And the other day I got asked to speak at a meeting and I'm like a good speaker, like, cause I'm fucking smart or whatever. And uh, I choked, I choked at the meeting. I just started blathering and then I panicked and I stopped myself and I told everyone in the room, I said, I'm panicking cause I have alcoholism and I'm so scared of what you think of me. And it turned into a beautiful meeting and so many people reached out and my brain is telling me I fucked up and it's all it's like, like no matter how much love and acceptance and validation I get, my brain is still talking to me like I need to die. And um, yeah, I just had to get it out. You know, I'm sitting in front of this Buddhist temple. It's kind of funny. It is, yes. Yeah. Well, You ever hear of holding the space? Yes. Yeah, I went to, I had this event once when I was in Australia, it was like an eight day thing. And they had a weird phenomena where they had all these people sitting around the circumference of the room that never said anything. And what I found out is while they were while they were off doing, not doing service there, they would sit into the room and hold the space, yeah? And not say anything, don't give any advice, but there was, there, it was palpable, the effect that they were part of. So hopefully this is the same uh, condition, yeah? Hopefully this Zoom will hold the space and allow this stuff to come out. It doesn't have to be moved or Resculpted or anything like that. It just wants its five minutes in the air on this on the stage, and you got to acknowledge it, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. You can't shuffle it off right away. It's not moving. It doesn't want to go off. So you just got to sort of be there, and it's not going to kill you. It isn't. Yeah, but if you don't. Uh, how are you going to know that unless you walk through it? If you keep trying to change something, how are you ever going to see what it is? Yeah. See, that's the point. It's, it wants to reveal, yet you think you know what it is. You just got to give up that idea of knowing and then find out. Because really, that's all the movement of trying to change it. It hasn't even presented itself yet, really. You have a pre-warning of what it is, or it's this or that. You have no idea. Yeah, this is uh, this is where we trust the process. Yeah, yeah. So you're in great hands, honey. I know you. I remember you now. Yeah, and so the light doesn't, uh, you know, vacate when there's darkness. It's it's there. It's always there. Yeah. So. And if you can't handle it, you can't handle it right now. Go eat, you know, watch Bloodline or fucking have a, you know, get super high on caffeine. You'll see that doesn't work and shit like that. It's okay. You're not gonna, you're not gonna get whipped behind the uh, fucking Buddha temple. <laughs> you're doing all the whipping. So, yeah. This, you know, yeah. I'm literally watching Bloodline, so that's funny. There you go. Yeah. So this is, uh, yeah. I mean, it's a lot of parts of life are uncomfortable, but it's more uncomfortable to keep, you know, someone wants to show up and you keep shooing them off the stage. Yes. Thank you, honey. I'll be right there. Yeah. I'm in Italy, obviously. And, uh, <laughs> I'm getting the word that there's food coming. So thank God. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, honey, we're here for you. And someday you'll be laughing at it. There's a great statement by Ramana Mahashi, you know, 
Uh, someday you'll be laughing at all these freaking things we've done. Maybe today's the day, you know? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, the head wants to know at the expense of finding out. That's what costs, that's what it costs us. We don't find out, we just get left with the I know. Yeah, yeah. This program changes that. Hopefully some trust in this program has been, that trust isn't just for the program, it's for life. Yeah, we, we've been reestablished in a trusting situation with life. And so let's see what it has in store for you instead of thinking you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't go, you know, ripping all your clothes and giving all your money away and then it's wait a little bit. <laughs> I'm going to break into this temple right now. Yeah, yeah. Don't take a vow. <laughs> it's, I don't think it's at that point. So, yeah, yeah. Hey, it's, you know, like they have that thing, the dark night of the soul. Could you imagine if it was the dark nights of the soul, if there was more than one? <laughs> but there's mercy right there. It's called the dark night of the soul, singular. <laughs> so this too shall pass. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That yeah, helps honey. a lot. And yeah, it, yeah. it felt good. You know, I really try not to do these these types of shares, just blurting out problems, but sometimes it just happens. And I really appreciate your response and it helped so much. Yeah, no problem. This is, uh, yeah. you know, with all the huffing and puffing, we're not going anywhere. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks very much. I appreciate seeing you. Thanks, Paul. Everybody. Yes. Thanks, Karen. Thanks, Hello. Paul. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, I'm going to, I've got to, what time is it now? It is 11.36, according to my little timer. And uh, I don't see any other hands up. So is, uh, would you like to say your hellos? Yes, I think it's dinner time in Italy. I've got a... Oh, uh, yummy. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Hey, first of all, hey, Michael, Stacy, nice to see you. Yeah, yeah. Mickey, as always, thank you. Kerry, it's a pleasure hanging out with Kerry. Yeah. We got Chris T. Nice to see you, Chris, there. Our old friend Joseph. Nice to see you, Joseph. Yep. Uh, we got Gabe. Oh, Gabe, making a guest appearance. I'm happy to to know about his sober trajectory. Jacob, as always, hope you're feeling all right, bro. Eh? Yeah, good, good. Alex, there she is, the Hudson Valley beauty. We got Walter. Walter looks like he got a haircut and cleaned up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, you're looking good, Walter. Yes, your mother would be happy. We got Stefan on having never left. Uh, Karen, uh, uh, Karen, I like that. Karen the, in, the, in the garage. Karen, nice to see you, Karen. Have a good day. It's beautiful at least, yes? Look at that lovely sky. Uh, let's see, we got Michael under the pseudo name of Paul Hedeman. Nice to see Mike. Yeah. Uh, we had a we had a lot of fun. There was heaven in uh, Italy for many of us. Yeah. Yeah. That was super. That was Stella. That was like uh, some fine stardust. <laughs> pretty cool. Nina, nice to see you, honey. You're surviving. You're looking good. We're surviving. Yes, hopefully. We'll be home Sunday. I hope. Yeah. We got Tom. Nice to see you, Tom. Yeah. 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 Andrew. Yes, thank you. 
You know, you could have something, Andrew, that is that is completely non-essential for every every everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the way it goes. But to you, it's the most intimate, most incredible gift. Yeah. Yeah. They're not contradictory. It's just the way things are here. Yeah. Yeah. We got Rob from Louisville, very great chair. He can see now. <laughs> uh, we got, uh, yeah, we see her. Her. We got Stephen. Nice to see Stephen. Nice picture there. Lucas, pleasure. Judy or Jody, Jody. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys again. We'll get into a nice groove and. Um, A lot of the greatest effects go unnoticed, really. Yeah. Really. Yeah. So, all right. Thanks. I see you Saturday. Uh, it's, there's no live meeting, obviously, Saturday, but we'll do the, we'll do one. Uh, it won't be a super long one because we got to get up early in the next morning, but we'll see you Saturday. Eh? Saturday, uh, one o'clock. Yeah, it'll be 10 o'clock our time here. All right, thanks, man. Thanks, Stefan, everybody. Pleasure.